the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. How many of you have ever worked in the nursery before? I'm sure most of you have. And have you ever tried to take something away from a small child when they were determined to possess it? You know it's very difficult to do that. And sometimes you just have to pry their little fingers off of it and take it away from them. And as you do, they scream at you, believing that you have taken from them what they enjoyed and wanted most in the world. And they will continue to scream as long as they remember the loss of it and as long as it's in view. The best way to stop it is to give them something better. Put it in their hand. And once you've done that, then you can lay the first object in front of them and they won't even pick it up. Because they have something in their hand that is better than what they had put down or what was taken from them. That's kind of what we're talking about tonight as we go into 1 Thessalonians in the fourth chapter. Paul is, is instructing the Thessalonians to stay away from certain things. He's giving them commandments to stay clear of certain behaviors. And the way that we stay away from living to this world, the way that we stay away from the temptations of this world, from the things that draw us to this world, is to hold on to something better. Is to put it down and embrace the fact that we have something better in Christ. When we choose to live in the reality of who we are as children of God, then we realize that as new creations, our appetites have changed. Sin and independence no longer suits us. God has, in effect, begun to replace those things with something far better. The life of Christ. The pleasure of union with Him. The security of His presence. The abundance of His love. It is the abundance that we've been made for as Christians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul has been encouraging these believers to grow in their obedience by yielding and fully trusting in the Lord. To follow the instructions that he had given them, to avoid the things that would prevent them from experiencing the abundant life. 
These guys are new converts that have just begun to live as new creations. And Paul says, basically, when we start this reading this text, you'll hear him in the first verse say to them, Push on. There's more. Push on. There's more. There is a greater perfection in this life. And do you realize, do you really believe there is more? Do you? Or do you feel like you've kind of experienced it? tasted it, and you just live with what you have. Let me tell you something, Christian. Jesus has told us that He's come to give us life and to give us life to the full. He speaks of an abundance that is ever-flowing, and ever-expanding, ever-enriching us. Now, one or two things has happened. Either Christ was deceiving us as to the abundance of this life, or the Christian community has flat-missed it. I'm not speaking of every man, woman, and child. I'm speaking of a large portion of the American Christian experience who believe that somehow they have either reached it or that it could be contained in a study, that it could be contained in an understanding, or that it could be contained in, in, in a teaching, that they could somehow come to the plateau, the place where they've arrived with God. Has any of us ever come to that the reality is that we have all of Christ we're ever going to have we are expanding in what we have and the Christian life is a life of expansion it's a life of growth it's a life of abundance it's a life of enrichment it's a life of blessing does that describe your life Oftentimes, it doesn't describe mine because my description of life begins to change as I become more self-centered and man-centered. I begin to define life by what I can get from this world rather than from what Christ has already given me, the richness of His life within me. Do you ever do that? Or am I the only one? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Furthermore, brethren, we beg and admonish you in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions which you learn from us about how you ought to walk so as to please and gratify God as indeed you are doing and that you do so even more and more abundantly attaining yet greater perfection in living this life. Where's that abundance? This Life. For you know what charges and precepts we gave you on the authority and by the inspiration of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice, that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profaned, and honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will, that no man transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this matter, or defraud his brother in business. For the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we have already warned you solemnly and told you plainly. For God has not called us to impurity, but to consecration, to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough purity. Therefore, 
Whoever disregards, sets aside, and rejects this, disregards not man, but God, whose very Spirit, whom He gives to you, is holy, chaste, and pure. Again, the Apostle Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians to walk in obedience, to gratify God, which is to fulfill God's purposes for you in this life, and to thereby attain a greater perfection in this life. Many of us are looking forward to the day that we gain a greater perfection in heaven. But this perfection that Christ is speaking of through Paul is not a perfection of sinlessness, but a perfection of unity and abiding and living and walking with Him. A perfection of Life, not behavior. Paul says, thereby, through those things, attain a greater perfection in this life. We've already covered verses 1 through 5 week before last. But I want you to see that Paul is declaring that there is a progression in the living the Christian life that reveals itself as becoming increasingly more abundant as we walk with the Lord in obedience. It's just as Paul prayed with the Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, he said that you may walk, live, and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him and desiring to please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. The life we have as Christians is meant to grow in its abundance. As we walk in obedience with Him, we grow in our desire to please Him. We bear fruit, which is really the expression of His life through us. We grow more intimate in our knowledge of Him and in our living with Him. The Christian life is meant to be more abundant and richer in blessing. God's plan for the Christian is actually better than we might hope to gain for ourselves through self-indulgence. And that's exactly what Paul is telling them. He has already told the Thessalonians who they are in Christ. He's already gone into detail telling them that they are holy and that they are set apart and that they are consecrated. He's not seeking to make them these things. He is saying this is who you are. Now he is saying that you should act this way, that you should walk this way so as to manifest, so as to become in your behavior all that Christ has made you to be. Now we talked earlier about the reality that so many Christians don't live in the abundance that Christ has given them. They don't see that the Christian life was to be fuller, greater, ever-growing, abundant, constantly flowing. They don't see these things. Their lives are more like a roller coaster ride, constantly looking for the higher hill. Listen. The reality of life is this, that it's moment by moment, that it's daily. And what we live in abundance is not necessarily emotional. It is the walking with Him in obedience. It is the fulfillment of His work and His life in the way we live. And as we live it out, we grow in it. And as we grow in it, we expand. 
We expand in our ability to experience Him in the moments, to experience Him in the daily, to experience Him in the tough times. We're no longer restricted to the church, Bible study, and seminar experience. We grow as we grow in obedience. The Christian life is to be more abundant and richer. God's plan for us is so much better than we understand. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who, by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. What are you praying for in regard to your Christian life? He has something that is so much greater. Many of us are at a point of crossing in our lives. We're at a a tipping point, if you will, in our lives. Things are changing for us rapidly. And here's the thing. If we don't hold on to the truth of Ephesians 3.20 for our spiritual development, for our growth in our relationship with Him, for the abundance of intimacy with Him, then we're seeking for a gain in this world and for security in this world that this world may or may not provide. Our reward is not here. It's in Him. The tipping point for us is understanding that it has never been where we were that held us. It has never been where we were going that secured us. It has always been this consistent hand of God holding us, growing us, protecting us, feeding us, giving us all that we need. And in everything that He gives, He desires that we expand in our trust that we expand in our intimacy with Him. kind of reminds me of the school experience. Now, I was not a good student, okay? I was what they call scholastically challenged, okay? Because I refused to study most of the time. Hard-headed is another word. Contrary is a word that my mother used quite often. Rebellion. (laughs) All of those things. But here's the thing. They would assign a paper in math, okay? Now, what was the goal? The goal for me was to somehow avoid doing the paper and thereby get on with what I thought was more important. That was the goal for me. And if I managed to get through the paper, that was the goal, to get through the paper. How many are with me on that? I mean, you know, that's generally the goal. But what was really the goal of the paper? The goal of the paper was to teach me math. For so many, the Christian experience is getting through the Christian experience. We miss the goal of what God is affecting in our lives. And so, therefore, we are not expanding, we're surviving. Does that make sense? That's not what God has called us to. Are we facing challenges? I'm facing challenges. What is the purpose of that challenge? What is the goal of that challenge? For me to get through it? Listen, I've listened to all the old Baptist sermons about hanging hanging thou in there, holding on, suffering for Jesus. But one day it will all pass. When we get there, by and by, all that kind of stuff. Listen, you can't live in that. That's survival. That is not abundance. If it is, 
I missed it. Because we want to talk about what works and what doesn't work. And I'm telling you, from my experience, that doesn't work. What works is the truth that God is most interested in me learning to trust and to expand in my knowing Him. To grow in my experience with Him. That each step and challenge of life is not for me to endure and get past. It's for me to expand in what God has put in me. Does that make sense? I know that this text is about sexual immorality. But if you don't realize what you have, then sexual immorality and the things of this world should be attractive to you. Because you need something. If you don't realize what you have, then you're walking on this earth believing that you have heaven one day, but life is in the body, and the body is who you are now. And the body cries out to be fulfilled in this world, and you cannot resist that call, because you so want to be fulfilled in this world, and you see yourself as being a body with a spirit rather than a spirit with a body. You lose the truth of who you are. Let's go. As Mike used to say, let's quit sweeping cobwebs and let's go for the spider. And that's the reality of it. This verse that I just read to you, Ephesians, talking about that what God has for us that is so much better and greater than we could ever hope or pray for, that's not a reward for obedience. It's not just a reward for obedience. Obedience is its own reward. What he's talking about is awakening in us through our relationship with Christ. Awakening us to the fellowship that we have within us. Awakening us to the truth of his life. To the truth of who we are. To the truth of the richness and the abundance that he has given us through his provision. Through his working through us. Through his glory. What we have in him. Here's the thing that God is putting out in Ephesians. He is saying, I'm better. And what I have for you is so much better. It's so much greater. And you don't know it. You think because you have gone through the Christian experience that you know it. Listen, if you're not satisfied, if you are not happy with with living the Christian life, you don't know it. You haven't gotten there. You're living to your flesh. Although you may call it Christian, it's not really. It's not any different than what the world is living. He is growing us through our obedience. You know, as we grow older in life, our experience of life expands. Our knowledge of life expands. You know, when I was ten, I had a pretty limited view of life. Didn't you? Well, I've got a little bit larger one now. And that's the reality of the Christian life. That's the way God intended it for us as Christians. We're to be ever-growing in our experience. And how did I grow in my view of life as a 10-year-old? How did I grow in my perceptions of what life was about? How did I grow? Moment by moment. Living it out. Day by day. How do I grow in the Christian experience? How do I grow? Listen, you're going to grow, but whether or not you experience the abundance of that growth, the the blessing of that growth, is up to you. You're going to grow, but whether or not you recognize that growth is up to you. 
And here's the thing. What God wants for you is the same thing that you experience in your daily growing as a human being. You should be daily growing in your Christian experience because what, what you were most concerned about yesterday, God has already put behind Him and already had a provision for. And today, whatever your concerns are for today, God has already met them. You may not be able to see it. You may not even be able to define your needs accurately, but God has already met them. And you know what? Tomorrow will be the same. But in each situation, you grow. As I've said before, I grew in my knowledge of His provision as I found myself wanting. I grew in my knowledge of His protection as I found myself afraid. I grew in my knowledge of His healing as I found myself sick. I grew in my knowledge of his security as I found myself insecure. And I begin to understand that as I grow into this new creation, this new creature that I am, life becomes for me more abundant because the new creation, the new creature that you are, is abundantly richer, greater, not even comparable to what you were. It's greater. It's greater. God wants you to expand in the truth of you. Paul declares it the will of God to the Christians in verse 4. He says it is the will of God that they recognize who they are, who they belong to, that their bodies are consecrated to the Lord. That means they're separated, set apart for pure and holy living. Now remember that they had been living in a society that was totally immoral. That sexual deviance and impurity was not only normal, it was considered a religious practice. Paul says, you now belong to God, birthed in Christ. Your body has a new purpose. You're no longer to indulge these appetites of the flesh. As a new creation, you are consecrated, and impurity does not suit you. Grow your true appetites. Grow in obedience. Grow your appetite for intimacy with God, because nothing else will suit you. And listen, guys, as you begin to feed upon the truth, God's truth, as you begin to determine to walk in intimacy with Him, as you begin to determine to trust Him and walk in faith, as you begin to be obedient to what He puts in your heart to do, you will grow and you will develop an appetite. Because you will discover as a child of God, if you are a child of God, that these are the things that you were made for. That this is what suits you. That this is what absolutely grows you and matures you in truth. It's what God made you for. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells you, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. You see, these people had lived with immorality all their lives. They had lived in self-indulgence. And Paul is saying, that is no longer you. It has passed away. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. You no longer need to feed those appetites. As new creations in Christ, you have new appetites that are natural to who you are, that are for the will of God, for the presence of God, for intimacy with Him. I want to read to you uh, Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2. As God, through the prophet, gives an invitation to the abundant life. 
And I want you to hear as, as he speaks what this is to create in you. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters, he who has no money. Come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts that blessing. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. Does that sound like your life? I'm not talking about your figure. I'm talking about who you are. That God has provided abundantly more. Are you ready? Are you ready to yield to that? Are you ready to walk in the expectation that God is growing you, that He is expanding you in truth? 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. So since Christ suffered in the flesh for us, for you, arm yourselves with the same thought and purpose, patiently to suffer rather than fail to please God. For whoever has suffered in the flesh, having the mind of Christ, is done with intentional sin, has stopped pleasing himself and the world, and pleases God, so that he can no longer spend the rest of his natural life living by his human appetites and desires, but he lives for what God wills. God creates that appetite in you. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.